And now it's time for On the Money with your host, Dan White. Dan has been in the financial services industry for over 25 years, and he's been a featured expert in Forbes, Yahoo, the Philadelphia Business Journal, Dow Jones Market Watch, and has appeared nationally on Fox Business News. Dan is a member of some of the most prestigious financial organizations, including the Society of Financial Service Professionals and the National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors. In addition, he's a chartered life underwriter and a chartered financial consultant, credentials you can trust. Broadcasting from the heart of Wilmington, Delaware, here's your host of On the Money, Dan White. Earlier this year, as vaccinations in our country took hold and the economy reopened and people started feeling comfortable going out and spending money again, the S&P 500 in the first six months has posted a very impressive 14% gain. And if history is any indicator here, it generally it generally looks like we could be in store for more gains in the second half of the year. So all is well. But over the next couple of weeks, what I want to do is I want to kind of peek under the hood, pull back the curtain, and look at some of the signs that a lot of economists are seeing in the market today and tell you why. This bubble is real, and it's not going to end good for a lot of people. You just, as that old song once said, you just have to read the signs. Welcome to the On the Money Show. My name is Dan White, and I am the host of your show. As I mentioned this morning, we're going to talk about the signs that say this stock market is is in a bubble. It could it could go a while longer, but ultimately, it's going to end just like the last two bubbles end. It's not going to end very good for a lot of people. Before we get into the program today, I do have a couple announcements. Uh, it's a big birthday week in my family this week. Uh, my son Justin, his birthday is on the 16th, so uh, two days ago. Uh, he celebrated a birthday, and then on the 19th, tomorrow, it is my wife Cindy's birthday. So uh, I want to wish both my son Justin and my wife Cindy a very happy birthday, and uh, we will celebrate it in, in due fashion as well. We also have a giveaway today. We have a free copy of my book, What You Don't Know About Retirement Planning Can Hurt You. How true that is. Okay, so uh, I published a book a few years back, and uh, it's been very well received. It's a very easy read. It talks about a lot of the things uh, that that people are facing today, some of the challenges. So if you'd like to get a copy of my book, we uh, we can give away a copy to the first 10 callers this morning. Uh, pick up the phone and give us a call, 888-690-8820. Again, 888-690-8820. In Pennsylvania, it's a local call, 610-358-8942, 610-358-8942. We have several upcoming events this week uh, on Tuesday. The 20th at 5.30 p.m. will be out at the Kennett Square Country Club in Kennett Square, PA. And then on Wednesday, the 21st, we have two programs. We'll be at Harry's Savoy Grill in North Wilmington. Uh, Wednesday, the 21st at 5.30. We'll also be a little further south at the Columbus Inn uh, down there off of Route 52. Again, Wednesday, the 21st at 5.30. All three programs will feature today's retirement concerns and solutions. So if you're near the age of retirement and you've got questions about 
you know, where that paycheck is going to come from, you want to come out to one of our upcoming events. All right, so, you know, if you listen to the market today, it'll tell you, again, hey, nothing to worry about. It's all rainbows and unicorns. The action in Wall Street's so-called fear gauge, which is the Chicago Board Options Exchange Volatility Index, the VIX, is the most obvious sign that few folks are worrying about the market right now. The VIX is made up of 30-day options prices on the benchmark S&P 500 index. So when the S&P 500 falls, the VIX goes up as investors, worried investors, hedge their equity risk by buying put options. And when investors aren't worried enough to buy puts, it falls. So you'll recall that the VIX soared to an all-time closing high of 82.69 on March 16th 2020 at the dawn of the COVID-19 panic, but it has trended downward in waves since then. In June, the last week in June, the VIX closed at 15.65, a level not seen since the ultra-complacent month of February 2020, you know, back when nobody wore masks or did business behind plexiglass, you know, back when things were, you know, what we considered normal. And the VIX moved slightly higher in the last week or two as stocks pulled back a little bit, but it's still only around 20 right now. Now, the VIX has dropped to around 10 on a couple of occasions in the past. Most recently, for much of 2017, just before the S&P 500 index pulled back about 10% in early 2018. But if you look at the charts, the current level of the VIX is below the indicator's historical average. And today, that isn't the only sign that investors are giddy with optimism. The VIX's recent lows have also been accompanied by record call option volumes. People buy call options when they try to make big, fast gains in the market when they're really bullish. And the folks at SentimentTrader.com reported this week that small traders are rushing into call options again and not hedging. Last week, call option volumes hit their second highest level of the past 22 years. And of course, the overall greed is evident in other ways as well. You know, the small speculators are still buying call options on the MEM stocks, you know, and other old favorites, including AMC Entertainment and Tesla. And meanwhile, Sentiment Traders' equity hedging index hit its lowest level in 22 years. In other words, investors are reflecting virtually zero desire to protect against any downside risk. In the simplest terms, small traders are in charge of the options market today, and they're exhibiting record high optimism and record low pessimism. You go back 22 years, and you quickly realize that small traders haven't been this influential in the markets since the headiest days of the dot-com bubble. And then you got bonds, you know, blind bond optimism. You know, this might not be true, yet among the higher quality so-called investment-grade bonds, their yields are quite low, but it's certainly the case among junk bonds. They're more vulnerable to a steep correction than ever. Investors are as crazy for junk bonds as they are for call options. Junk bond issuance hit an all-time high of $139 billion 
in the first quarter of 2021. And that eclipsed the the volume in the second quarter of 2020. Record bond issuance like we're seeing today is typically accompanied by record low yields. And sure enough, U.S. junk bonds at a new all-time low on Monday when the Barclays U.S. corporate high-yield index fell to 3.84. And remember, bond prices and yields move inversely. So record low junk bond yields mean record high junk bond prices. In other words, just like in the options market, junk bond investors are exhibiting extremely high levels of optimism and extremely low levels of pessimism right now. And it's kind of insane that investors are more interested in these securities at precisely the moment when they're the least attractive they've ever been. But this is how market cycles work. Low interest rates are great for companies that want to borrow money by issuing bonds, but they're pretty terrible for investors seeking an adequate return. It's no wonder analysts at asset management firm GMO currently forecast negative seven-year average annual returns for every type of U.S. and international bond class. If you look at all the financial instruments that I've talked about so far, you see a clear theme has been at work in the markets for months. <laughs> the market for garbage is peaking. And you know, we've been down this road before. A recent Wall Street Journal article posed the question, is the dot-com bust happening again right under our noses? There is a remarkable resemblance between the speculative boom to bust of late 1999 in the first half of 2000 and what's happened over the past nine months in the very fashionable areas of clean energy, electric cars, cannabis stocks, and SPACs, special purpose acquisition companies. All four of those sectors, clean energy, electric cars, cannabis, and SPACs, skyrocketed starting last fall, peaked in the first couple months this year, and have dropped between 25 and 33% since then. So while overall optimism in stocks, options, and bonds is at record levels, some of the frothiest areas of the market are already falling apart. It's hard to argue that clean energy, electric cars, cannabis, and SPACs are some of the hottest investment fads of the past decade. And that doesn't mean you can't find good businesses in all of those industries. But you better learn how to separate the garbage from the diamonds in those sectors before investing. The reality is you'll probably find more duds in these industries than you'd like. And then you've got the zombie apocalypse. We've talked about this. Zombie companies are those businesses that can't even make enough money before taxes to pay the interest on their debt. And as a result, they don't have any hope of ever paying off their debt. And it's a bigger problem than you might think. Right now, 726 companies in the Russell 3000 index can't afford their interest payments. That's roughly a quarter of the entire index. So these are the signs that we're seeing that tell you 
Even though the market hits new high after new high, there is trouble lurking under the hood. Let me give you our phone numbers. Toll free, you can reach us at 888-690-8820. Again, 888-690-8820 in Pennsylvania. It's a local call, 610-358-8942, 610-358-8942. we come back after the break, we're going to look at some more signs to tell you there could be trouble lurking at some point down the road. We'll have more after the break. If you're within five to ten years of retirement, this message is for you. There's never been a bigger disconnect between Wall Street and Main Street. Unemployment over 15%. Unprecedented federal stimulus. Wall Street has never been more volatile. If there was a vehicle that credited you 7% up front, then grew your nest egg by 6 to 7% a year guaranteed for the next five to ten years before turning into an income stream that you cannot outlive, would you want to know about it? Call Dan White and Associates now for details. 888 690-8820. Surrender charges and other restrictions may apply. Welcome back to the On the Money Show. My name is Dan White and I am the host of your show. This morning we've been talking about the stock market and how it just keeps going up, up, up. But when you peel back the curtain and you look under the hood a little bit, there are some troubling signs that say we are either really close to the peak uh, or we may have already hit it and we don't know it. So we're going to continue along that vein. I do want to have a uh, couple announcements. We do have a giveaway today, a free copy of my book, What You Don't Know About Retirement Planning Can Hurt You. Uh, we've gotten a lot of requests for this. In fact, we just had to go order some more um, because they are, uh, they're they're flying out of our office. That's for sure. We're going to give away up to 10 books today if you're one of the first 10 callers. Uh, pick up the phone and give us a call at 888-690-8820. Again, 888 690-8820 in Pennsylvania. It's a local call, 610-358-8942, 610-358-8942. Uh, we have several upcoming events this week. On Tuesday the 20th at 5.30, we'll be at the Kennett Square Country Club out in Kennett Square, PA, doing our Retirement Concerns and Solutions program. And then on Wednesday, the 21st, we have dual seminars. We'll be at two different locations. We'll be at Harry's Savoy Grill in North Wilmington on Naaman's Road at 5.30 p.m. We'll also be out at the Columbus Inn in Wilmington, Delaware at 5.30 p.m. So again, if you are near retirement and you've got questions, whether they're about Social Security and how and when to claim that or lump sums on pensions or you know, where to pull money from, whether to do Roth conversions. You know, we address each and every one of these issues. So you want to come out to one of our upcoming events. So before the break, we talked about some of the signs that the market could be could be peaking or have already peaked. And I left off with zombie companies. These are the companies, the businesses that can't make enough money before taxes to pay the interest on their debt. <laughs> Pretty soon we're going to have zombie countries. As a result, they don't have ever have any hope of paying off their debt. And I said there's 726 companies in the Russell 3000 index that are zombie companies. That's a quarter of the index. And day traders are in love with the Russell 3000 zombies as well. They pushed these stocks up 30% from the start of 2021 through the end of June compared with a 13% gain for the overall index in that span. And then 41 zombies doubled, or more than doubled, over that same period. So you've got a firm 
that doesn't even make enough to service their debt and the stock price is soaring. It's crazy. It's as if your boss said you're the worst employee that he has ever hired. You can't even do the simplest things right, and I'm going to double your salary. <laughs> I mean, I, I get what you might be thinking at this point. Big deal. Who cares if all the garbage stocks are peaking and already starting to get crushed? That doesn't mean good businesses stocks will do the same. And that's perfectly logical thinking. I mean, why should the share prices of, say, Amazon, Apple, or Google fall just because some trashy cannabis, clean energy, or electric vehicle company stock finally fell apart? Why does it matter to the broader market if a bunch of stimulus check-addled unemployed day traders are about to finally get crushed in investing in their mem stocks? Well, you should care because... This is how bull markets end. That's how it worked from 2000 to 2002 when the dot-com bubble fell apart. Back in June of 2000, the S&P 500 was down 4%, just 4% from its March high. That led many investors to mistakenly believe that the bear market was a dot-com-only event and that it would leave the broader market unscathed. But that all changed before long. By the fall of 2002, the S&P 500 had been cut in half. Most people had no idea a huge bear market was already underway back then. That same way that you, and to be fair, me, have no idea if one is already underway today. I mean, these days, the S&P 500 is continuing to make New all-time highs. It just reached another one this past week, even though the previously mentioned categories of speculative pockets have already deflated. It's very, very similar to June of 2000. And hey, guess what? It's June. It's July. And as we've said before, history doesn't always repeat itself, but it often rhymes. Among other eerie similarities with the dot-com era, according again to the Wall Street Journal, trading behavior was very similar too. The end of 1999 was when fear of missing out, FOMO, drove dot-com skeptics, including institutional investors and holdout hedge funds, to buy anyway, while day traders drove extraordinarily day-one gains for internet IPOs. The last quarter of 2020 marked the moment Tesla was finally taken seriously. They got admitted to the S&P 500. Solar and clean energy became must-have stocks, no matter the price, for many big institutions under pressure to show their environmental credentials. And the special purpose acquisition companies took the place of IPO madness of 2000 as a way to funnel money to loss-making startups. The optimism in options buying plus the lack of pessimism in hedging and the VIX suggest that investors are behaving very similarly today. 
Sure, those other areas of the markets are down, but that's because they were speculative bubbles. But hey, the S&P 500 is fine. It's making new highs. That proves everything will be okay in the broader market. Except that's not how it works. Market prices rise because investors see an opportunity for improving fundamentals. And then the unexpected happens and the higher prices turn right around and alter the fundamentals of the business. I mean, let's take a look at AMC Entertainment, you know, the movie theater. They were already an embattled, financially struggling business. Then last spring, COVID-19 hit, governments locked everything down, and everybody stopped going to the movies. And as you might expect, AMC's revenue dropped 80% in 2020. Big hedge funds thought the business was doomed, so they sold short a huge chunk of the company's stock. Bankruptcy seemed like a real possibility as recently as the end of 2020. And then the day trader speculators stepped in. They ran AMC shares from their January 5th close of $1.98 to their June 2nd high of $62.55. A staggering 31 bagger in five months. This enabled... Management to sell shares at AMC's new exorbitant valuation of roughly 25 times revenues. Now the company can pay its debts and make new investments. Those small speculators saved AMC from near certain corporate death. The company's financial fundamentals were radically altered by the price action of its stock. And it's tempting to see this as the triumph of Main Street over Wall Street. And that interpretation is fine. I'm all for the little guy winning. But it it doesn't just end there. In the financial markets, you must always ask, then what? And nobody is asking that question today. In this case, the answer to then what is probably something like most of the small speculators who got rich in the short squeeze will start to believe they're more smart than lucky. They'll overstay their welcome in the stock and lose it all back. George Thoreau's theory of reflexivity says investors respond to attractive fundamentals, push up the share price, and then the share price move changes the fundamentals of the business. Well, the same thing happens on the downside. Don't look for economic or business fundamentals to deteriorate first. Look for the stock price to weaken. So then you got speculative fear, you know, so then they sell whatever is left, like stocks of decent businesses that haven't been crushed yet. The contagion will spread. No stock, junk bond, or commodity will be safe. And as greedy as speculators are today, they'll be that scared when everything starts to fall apart. They'll be trying to raise cash as quickly as they can. So maybe the Russell 3000 will weaken first as all the zombie companies start to falter and underperform as dramatically as they've outperformed so far this year. It's always hard to pinpoint the first domino to fall, but in the end, it doesn't really matter. Sooner or later, I'm betting the fear will spread like wildfire. So this is uh, these are the signs. These are some of the signs that we're seeing already. And I know, I know, I keep doing the thing where I show you all the reasons to be bearish, and then it doesn't happen in the short run or at worst. The market actually goes through a fairly steep correction like it did in the fall of 2018. 
But if we get over the next few months, if all we get is a 5 or 10% correction, I won't do a victory lap. But I'll likely take a little credit for warning you that I see elevated risk when others don't. Right now, I believe the U.S. market is loaded with more risk than usual. You should proceed with caution. And don't tell me six months from now that I didn't warn you. Let me give you our phone numbers toll free. You can reach us at 888-690-8820. Again, 888-690-8820 in Pennsylvania. It's a local call. 610-358-8942. 610-358-8942. Today, we've been talking about the market. It sets new high after new high, but there are some troubling signs on the horizon Take heed, and when you see the signs, be wise with your money. If you've got questions, we've got answers. Pick up the phone and give us a call. Have a great week. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of their respective parties and not those of this show's producers or this station. Join us again for more On the Money 